Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and we are broadcasting live from inside Renaissance Bank on Windward Parkway in Alpharetta. We happen to be broadcasting from inside the best bank in Georgia, as voted by Forbes magazine. That's a pretty impressive uh, accolade. And I think Renaissance got that accolade because they deliver great service in a personal way, but they can handle pretty much any need you can throw at them. And you kind of have to be of a certain size in banking to be able to do that for a business. And uh, I think they're Renaissance is at that magic moment uh, for my business, and I think they will would be for yours if you check them out. So here's my suggestion. Go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices. They've got some 200 around the south ready to serve you and give them a try, and I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Don Cook Causey. Don is with Daybreak Enterprises. Don, welcome. Thank you. So happy to be here, John. Yeah. It's great to have you. It's been too long since you were on the show. That's <laughs> been so a long time. We had to correct that. So I'm glad you uh, could come in and, and join us. Let's talk about you and how you're serving folks out there. Tell us about uh, your work at Daybreak Enterprises. Well, I am on a mission to raise the level of emotional intelligence of leaders around the world. Starting with Georgia, of course, mm-hmm. yeah. but not limited to. Okay. I mean, I just believe in the power of emotional intelligence. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in so many of my clients' lives. And so that is really my focus is to raise the leadership bar through emotional intelligence. I like to say I'm in the polishing business. Ah. I polish leaders to make them shine their absolute brightest. I love that. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of coaches that come through this studio. Let's talk about, let's get right to your uniqueness. Is it, is it EQ? Emotional? Emotional intelligence? intelligence is my specialty. I would say a few things make me unique, if you will. First of all, I'm ICF certified, and ICF is the International Coaching Federation and the only globally recognized coaching organization that sort of governs the way coaching should be done. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, I also mentor and train coaches to be certified through ICF. So that's one piece of it. The other part is I have over five certifications in emotional intelligence, so I'm, I'm a little obsessed with it. <laughs> I, I guess you are. So, <laughs> so, and when you study emotional intelligence, you study the brain. So I understand a little more about neuroscience and how our brains actually work than mm. most people do. Mm-hmm. And you couple that with my psychology background, which I studied in in college, and I'm able to really connect with the people who like sort of a science and you know data and facts approach to things, as well as people who like more the the softer, more intangible side of things. Mm. I have sort of this mixture in my brain of the analytical and the um, intuitive that comes together when I work with someone. Yeah. So I think that's a, a little bit of what makes me unique. My focus of emotional intelligence, I don't think that is unique, except that my 
sort of um, emphasis is on the choices that we make that are driven by our emotions. Because I don't think too many people focus on that. So that's really my, that's, that's why I say, remember, it's your choice. Make it count. Mm. I like that. I want to dive deeper into that, Don, but let's talk a little bit about uh, your journey and why coaching. I mean, this expertise you have, you could have applied a lot of different ways, um, but why coaching? You know, John, I think it was sort of a God thing, to be Mm. honest with you. Several years ago, this is going to sound odd, but several years ago, my mother was killed by a drunk driver. Oh, my. Yeah, you're like, okay, why would would you share that? Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, because the silver lining of that is that it, it made me pause and reflect in my life into who I wanted to be. Mm. So until that point, I was very much like my dad, who was really analytical, loved learning and science, um, very fair-minded, was interested in people, but more from an uh, uh, what makes them tick kind of piece, which is the psychology. My mom, on the other hand, is very was very nurturing, supportive, caring. She's the people, the person people would want to come talk to. Which, you know, if you need somebody to listen, you go to my mom, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there was this huge outpouring of love for my mom when she passed. And I was like reading all these things and hearing from all these people. And I thought, I want people to feel that way about me. Mm. So I made a conscious decision to start trying to sort of channel more of my mom's traits. Now, interestingly enough, about that same time, I had a former mentor reach out to me. And say, you know, I have this, um, this. I'm working with a new company, and I want to know if they have this good, a good training program. So, would you evaluate this training material? Because we used to work together at ExecuTrain, which is a big training organization at the mm-hmm. end of the day. I said, sure. So, I started to evaluate it, and I, the training material was okay, but the subject was fascinating. It was emotional intelligence. And this was back in like 2001 or two. So suddenly I became obsessed <laughs> with learning everything about emotional intelligence. And then at the same time, a girlfriend of mine was telling me that she had hired a career transition coach to help her because she was looking to get out of real estate and into something else. And I said, well, what is she doing for you? Oh, well, she's doing this and this. And I said, well, I do that. She said, well, she also does this. And I said, I've been doing that for 20 years. Mm. She's like, well, maybe you should be a coach. I'm like, hmm. Well, I also <laughs> was at a networking event. Actually, I told it in reverse. I was at a networking event prior to that conversation with my girlfriend. And then I, while I was networking, the woman said to me, you know, with your skills, you really should consider being a coach. Mm. I said, you know. I'm not really that athletic. I mean, I was a cheerleader in high school, but, you know, and she just said, no, no, there's a profession called coaching. And I thought, what? Mm. So I hired myself a coach to see what it was all about. And that coach helped me realize that I had sort of left my calling, which was that natural curiosity about people, which is why I had studied psychology in college, Mm -hmm. and that I should consider revisiting that. Mm. 
So now at the same time, I'm learning about emotional intelligence. I'm having these signs that, hey, you should be a coach. And I thought, wow. So I went to my first coach training with actually the father of, of the coaching profession, the person who sort of brought it into being. And uh, that's a whole other experience I can talk about later, but had an amazing experience, decided this is for me. Mm-hmm. Had just discovered emotional intelligence, so I put together training on it, decided, okay, and I, including an assessment, just a self-assessment. And then I was invited the very day the very day I finished, put the finishing touches on my training and my assessment, I got an opportunity to go meet with a client about a potential client about a customer service excellence project. Mm. Cause I had that in my, my bag of tricks also. And in talking with this individual, she said, all right, we'd love for you to do the work with us, but what else is in, you know, in your bag of tricks? So, well, you know, there's this thing called emotional intelligence. And research has shown it's about at least 80% of what makes you successful in life, business, and, and personally. So she said, would you stay with us for the next two years <laughs> if we offer to certify you in that? Yeah. And, oh, wow. and would you coach and train our people? And mm-hmm. I was like, uh, hmm, let me think about that for a skinny minute. Right. Of course. Yeah. So it all sort of came together. The, the emotional intelligence piece and the coaching piece blended together all at the same time. And honestly, John, I feel like I, I found my mission in life when that came together. Yeah. Wow. What a story. And uh, and you really did get signposts along the way, uh, right? Absolutely. It, yeah. And you just kept opening doors and going through those doors. Mm-hmm. Wow. Great story. Uh, Don Cook-Causey is with us, folks. She The name of her practice is Daybreak Enterprises. Um, so, Don, one of the things that I guess may seem like an obvious question, but I want to hear your answer to it, Um, and I think our listeners will too. What is emotional intelligence? Because people hear this term, and they may not really – they may think they know what it is, but they may not know. I may be one of those people. Talk about what is emotional intelligence. You just like gave an apple to the teacher. (laughs) That's my favorite subject. That's what I do here. (laughs) (laughs) So emotional intelligence is really the art and science of being smart with your emotions. Mm. Now, there are four components. The self-awareness piece, which is knowing what you're feeling in the moment you're feeling it and why you're feeling it. The self-management piece, which is knowing what to do with those emotions now that you're aware of them. The social awareness piece, which is recognizing the emotions of others around you and your environment. Mm -hmm. And the relationship management piece is how do you navigate those interactions for the most productive outcomes? And I will tell you that self-awareness is probably the most important piece because if you don't have self-awareness, how can you possibly self-regulate? And also, if you're not self-regulating, you aren't able to really pay attention to what's going on around you without that filter, mm. right? When right. I say filter, I mean, if you're emotionally hijacked for any reason, and I'm, I know I just threw out a term you may or may not be familiar with, but if your emotions have taken over your logical brain, it's very easy to lose track of what's really going on. Mm. Gotcha. So 
uh, we're not talking about necessarily just how you deal with other people. We're talking about how you deal with yourself. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Awesome. So one of the things that you say in your, uh, that I see here in the show notes is you've got a motto. It's your choice. Make it count. Explain that. So you can't learn about emotional intelligence without learning neuroscience. And the neuroscience research shows that all of our choices have an emotional root. Okay. So, well, and let, let me, let me give you a, a sort of a riddle. What's the first thing that we do when we first awaken in the morning? We all do it. Well, for me, it's stumble to the coffee pot, but. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, even before that, okay. even before that. Okay. So when we first awaken, we all do the same thing. And mm-hmm. it's not blink, breathe, go to the bathroom. So I'm not looking for a B. Yeah. It's not pick up your phone right. and check your email or whatever. We do the same thing about hmm, 30,000 times a day. Hmm. Any guess? Breathe? It's not a B. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is it? We make a choice. Oh. We choose to get up and stumble to the coffee pot, mm-hmm. right? Or right. we choose to hit the snooze, or we choose to lay there and think about our day, or we choose to stress. Or we, cho- we make a choice, mm. okay? Initially, those choices really are just about us. Mm-hmm. Then, as the day progresses, those choices involve other people. We choose whether or not to pick up the phone when someone calls. We choose how to respond to that email with that little edge to it. Mm. We choose what to have for lunch. We choose how to respond to different situations. We, we choose who we want to be around. Mm-hmm. We make choices all day long, critical choices. And those choices have an emotional root, whether we realize it or not. So it's very wise for you to understand What's driving your choices? Because choices drive your behavior. And if emotions drive our choices, which drives our behavior, Mm. wouldn't it be wise to make sure you make the best choices? Sure, sure. And part of that is getting off autopilot, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, because we make choices as a matter of routine, and sometimes it's breaking that routine. Yes, and choices very often are habit, mm-hmm. right? And some, sure. some choices are unconscious. So like when you're driving, you've, we've got enough of a pattern there to where we don't have to necessarily think about what we're doing. It just sort of happens. Mm-hmm. It's still a choice, but it's an unconscious choice. Unconscious bias is also a choice. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's uh, in the forefront of our minds today. Sure. But it does mean that when we make a choice, if we, especially if it's an intentional choice or conscious choice, there's usually a reward to that. You know, habits form because of reward. And so what you have to do if you want to make different choices is you have to interrupt that pattern and find a new reward. So I can hear business leaders listening to this thinking, um, okay, I agree with all this. How does this apply to my day-to-day life inside my business? Great question. So if I may, I would like to share an example of working with a leader Mm -hmm. to help them identify the choices that they're making that could be derailing them. In fact, 
I'm writing an ebook that I'm hoping is going to be ready for the holidays and be a nice uh, stocking stuffer. Awesome. And it's called um, Every Day is an Interview, Making Choices to Take You to the Next Level. And this was born out of a conversation I had with a client, in fact, because he was, t- he was telling me, he said, Don, you know, I've made so many bad choices as a leader. He said, I, we could write a book. I could give you a list of all the things I've done wrong, and you could put in all the things you could do to correct it with emotional intelligence. And we laughed about it. And I got to thinking, you know, I've worked with so many leaders in my life that if they had had some guidance around here's what you could do to make a different choice and how it would move your career a little bit more more quickly, they'd been all over it. Mm. So I decided to take examples from all of the people that I've worked with, not all, but several of the leaders I've worked with and put together, you know, what's their, their leadership persona? Like, how do they lead? And then what are the choices they're making? What's the impact of the choice? And then what can they do differently mm. to make different choices so they're mm-hmm. more successful? So the gentleman, we'll, we'll name him John to protect the guilty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sounds guilty right there. <laughs> so John is has been recently promoted to a director-level position in a large organization. Mm. So he has managed people before, but he managed individual contributors. And he's very used to telling them what to do. He is super bright, which is... You know, I love working with leaders who are bright. He's very bright, technologically strong. He has the most experience of anyone in, in his business, right? So he's the smartest guy in the room, and he likes being the smartest guy in the room. And he'll mm. tell you he's the smartest guy in the room. Ah, he's modest, huh? Well, <laughs> interestingly enough, he actually has a very good heart. Okay. He's a pleaser, and he wants to please you by showing you what he knows because it's going to help you. Mm. And he's all about doing it as efficiently as possible. So he values efficiency. He values being right. Mm-hmm. He values pleasing others. Okay? Mm-hmm. So those are some of his drivers. Here's the, here's the rub. Because he likes to be efficient, he likes to be the first to answer, the first to speak up, the first to tell you, what you need to do. So he's not a big empathizer, and he'll be the first to tell you that. He's, he doesn't empathize well. But who needs to listen when you have all the answers, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's his thought. Yeah. So he has learned over the years, though, that um, when he reacts, when anybody challenges him, he gets very, like his face turns red, his voice gets loud, because he is afraid that they're not going to take his word as gospel. Mm. And so he becomes rather intimidating and that is really affecting his brand. Mm. So even though he has been a leader or a manager before, now he's kind of stepped it up. Now he's leading other leaders. He can't tell them what to do. He has to collaborate. His peers avoid him basically because he, he shuts them down too. So, all right, let's look at some of the choices he's making. So, Whenever he's in a meeting, he has a choice of whether or not to, and the question is posed about something. If he knows the answer, he's the first to jump in with the answer. Mm. That's his choice. Or he could choose to let his team answer. So when he answers the question as opposed to letting his team answer, what's the impact? You're not exactly empowering your team, right? 
Bingo. Right. Right. So if you are on that team, how do you feel? Even mm-hmm. if you're bright, you know, you're very, not very motivated mm-hmm. and you always get sort of shut down. Now, if you're used to that behavior, you're used to seeing him step up. You'll probably even stop trying. Mm. So now if you're the leader, what are you missing out on? All of the talent you have at your fingertips. Sure. Right. So let's take a different choice. He gets an email that he's copied on. He's the first to respond with mm. the answer. Mm. What has happened? Same thing. You're right. He's basically dismissed, dismissed other people's input and, and sort of shut them down, mm-hmm. not allowing anyone else to contribute. And because of his role in the organization, people are afraid to step up to the plate. And the way he responds to people is somewhat intimidating. So they're also afraid. So that's, that's another choice that he's making that he would need to change. How about the choice of not listening and being more empathetic? Mm. He needs to start listening rather than telling. He's always in command mode. So if he can change that approach in his communication style, now he's listening. Who knows what he can learn, right? Mm. And by the way, he has since learned that he's not always getting giving the best answer, mm-hmm. which has been a humbling experience for him. The other thing is to not be judgmental when he first hears someone's response because that's what makes him react now being judgment having judgment is a it's a natural human trait our our brains are going to naturally start judging and and being critical because believe it or not our judging piece is right next to our our vocal piece in our brain so that as soon as we talk there's judgment Okay. You know, it, it, as soon as we make a judgment, it plops down on our tongue, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where criticism comes in, mm-hmm. right? So if instead of judging, you can stop yourself and be mindful in the moment, which is a, a great exercise, if you can have that as a way of being in your life, being mindful, it enables you to be present in the moment without judgment. And when you don't have judgment and you replace that with curiosity— Now your brain is set to accept information. When we're in judgment, it's harder to accept information. Mm. So having him learn to step back and be mindful, and he tells me, just I just think mindful all day long. Whenever I'm in a conversation, the word mindful just comes to mind, and I just, he said, it regrounds me, and it reminds me to be open and curious and not react, and Mm. I don't react. So being mindful has enabled him to not react, not criticize, and take in more information. And now he's realizing, wow, there's more great talent around me that I could be drawing from mm. to give even better results for my for my business. So does that help yeah. you understand how it yeah. shows up in the workplace? Yeah, that is, that's uh, awesome. You know, one thing I'm curious about is, is to what you said is just how you coach your clients to – stop in that moment because that's that sounds pretty tough right particularly if you've conditioned yourself over time to uh make that judgment and uh uh you know say something about it right right, right. right. <laughs> uh, uh, uh communicate that judgment um how do you coach your clients to stop and uh be mindful Great question. Well, first of all, you have to practice being mindful in order to master that. 
There are also techniques that you can use. So I'll start with the mindfulness because that is really the foundation. So we talked about emotional intelligence having the four pieces, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship management. The self-awareness piece, that relates to being mindful. Mm. So if you're mindful, what what does that look like? So are are you willing to do a a little 30-second exercise with me? Uh, Sure. Sure. This, this, You're brave. This, this is be, a safe space. I, I'm brave, and this will be humorous for our listeners. Go ahead. <laughs> so if you would just take a moment, I'm going to ask you some questions. I don't want you to do anything, but just listen. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. So I want you to imagine or, or tune into, you know, as you're sitting in your chair and you have your hands crossed mm-hmm. or you're holding one hand with the other, what does that feel like? Right? Mm-hmm. You've got your headphones on. Mm-hmm. You feel the headphones against your ears. Mm-hmm. Right? And you're nodding. Yeah. So you feel your body moving. You can feel yourself sitting in your chair. Mm-hmm. The temperature in this room, pay attention to what that is. Notice how you're breathing. If you've got a blink, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So that's probably about 30 seconds. Okay. So as you were thinking through those things, were you thinking about anything else? No. Okay. Perfect. So you were being fully present with what's right now, right now in front of you, mm-hmm. your environment. Right. That's the idea of being mindful. Okay. Did you have any judgment around it? No. There was no judgment to be made. Okay. Well, but now hold on here just a second. <laughs> you guided me through that though, right? So you really led me down the path of being aware. So how do I transfer? I mean, I can't have you with me all the time, Don. So <laughs> sure you can for a fee. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, uh, but uh, how how do I uh, extend that ability? Okay. Right. So when Don's not around to help me. Okay. So being mindful is really as simple as being just taking a moment to be present. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. All we're trying to do is stop and be present and do what we I like to call it a brain bicep. You know, when you are just taking a moment to be present and you see your thoughts wandering, just go, oh, let me be present again. Let me give you a technique to practice mindfulness. Really simple. Okay. I mean, and there's a million ways to do this, but a lot of times they'll talk about just focusing on your breathing. It just You don't have to breathe any particular way. Just take 30 seconds and pay attention to how you're breathing. So mm. that's one. But this is a fun one. When you're brushing your teeth, what do you think about? Oh, that's a great question. There's no telling what's going on, right? You may be thinking about the day, if it's right. in the morning, right? You think about 50,000 mm-hmm. things you've got to do today, sure. right? Right. Instead, just think about brushing your teeth. As you brush, how many strokes, if you need to change, if you need to spit, if you're going to brush your tongue, just pay attention to how the toothpaste tastes. Get in tune with all the senses you can and focus on that in the moment. Mm. That's it. You can be mindful when you're eating. You know, most of us, when we eat, we're multitasking. Mm-hmm. And I'll bet you're guilty of that too. When you're eating, you're, you're checking your email, your yep. whatever. Right. But instead, if you just stop and take a few minutes just to eat and pay attention, you'd be surprised how amazingly Yummy it is when you do that because you get really into the flavors and whatnot, but just pay attention to the flavors, the texture, anything that will enhance that experience, right? Just pay attention to your senses. Every time you do this, you are strengthening your mind to mind you. Mm. So let's fast forward. You've been doing this 
four or five times a day. You're just checking in with yourself for 30 seconds or so, and you're catching yourself. If you see, let's say you were brushing your teeth and you caught yourself drifting off thinking about something, no judgment. You don't say, oh, shouldn't have done that. It's like, oh, I went there. Okay, back to brushing my teeth. Mm -hmm. Now you just did a brain bicep. Mm -hmm. Now you strengthened your mind to mind you, right? So if you've been doing things like that throughout the day, your mind is getting stronger. Your muscle is getting stronger. So now let's put you in front of a situation where you could react. And instead, you take a moment and you say, I'm just going to be present in this moment. Mm. I'm not going to react. Now your mind will mind you and not go to judgment because you have trained it to just be present, just be curious, no judgment. That's how you start the process of learning to stop yourself from that judgment or that reaction. Now, there are also other simple techniques like counting to six, counting to seven, the six-second pause. And the reason, the science behind that is that when we have an emotional reaction, there's a six-second window in your body where your brain is emitting chemicals that are emotion chemicals going into your body. Mm -hmm. During that six seconds, you have an opportunity to, to pay attention and stop or interrupt that emission so that it doesn't continue into your body. If you do that in that six or seven seconds, like think about um, something that you're grateful for because gratitude is one of the best that the research has shown is one of the best ways for you to attain calmness in your mm. body. Okay. So think of something you're grateful for, mm -hmm. for about six seconds, whether it's um, a birth of a child, your wedding day, your last vacation that was so incredible, whatever. Just think of something that brings you gratitude or joy. Or you can try to engage your logical brain because it does take a little vacation when you get triggered. Engage your logical brain and think of seven sports teams, seven movie titles, um, anything that requires you to process. Mm -hmm. That is another way to kind of stop your brain from going down a path you don't want it to and, and being able to stay present. Wow. Lots of great words here from Don cook Causey. Don is with Daybreak Enterprises. Um, so, Don, you know, we, we talked about how this um, mindfulness and, and um, I guess, making better choices uh, works in a business environment. Do you do, and you do executive coaching there, do you do life coaching as well? Well, I don't promote myself as a life coach, but you would be surprised how often executive coaching leads to some life coaching. Okay. Probably all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I'll give you an example. In fact, it's the same gentleman I was referencing earlier, our John. Mm -hmm. He actually said to me about four months in, as he was starting to get some traction at work, he said, you know, I know that you're not hired to do this, but would you be, would you be willing to help me with how I communicate with my wife? Mm. And I said, well, John, communication skills apply across the board. So, of course, and I'm happy to, to help you with that. So he started trying to apply the same basic skills, listening rather than telling, being mindful and not reacting so he could really hear what she had to say as opposed to reacting to it mm -hmm. and so forth. And he told me about a month in, he said, you know what? I just want to tell you, my wife has told me she's seen a real difference. 
He said, you know what? I'm not perfect yet. I'm still working on it. But hearing her say that is worth a pile of gold to me. Mm. He said, because I'm going to retire probably in the next five years, and it's just going to be she and I in this house, and I don't want her to be running from me. (laughs) So I said, yep, if you're going to be together 24-7, it may as well be a good thing, right? Right, right, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. that's terrific. So let's – I'm curious about how you work with folks. I mean, in – the pandemic comes to mind, um, and how do you work with folks uh, over you know Zoom virtually, face to face, both? So I would say ninety nine percent of my coaching has been virtual since COVID, mm. and in fact, initially it took a little bit of a dive because people were they nobody really knew knew what they wanted to do, right, and then. People who had not coached virtually before were like, well, I guess, you know, I'll give it a shot Mm -hmm. because everybody else seemed to be getting on the the Zoom wagon. Right, right. right. So, yeah, we do a lot, a lot of work virtually and also do some facilitation virtually as well. Mm -hmm. And you miss the in-person energy, Mm -hmm. but it is still pretty effective. In fact, there I've had several people say they really prefer Zoom. Because it enables them to kind of be in their own space and be able to process and not feel like there's somebody right there with them mm. uh, kind of waiting or whatever. I don't know how else to explain it, but that I've had people like both. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. So, um, Don, this has been great. I mean, I, I can't um, – well, I can't imagine – that someone listening to this interview, um, first of all, might think I need to hire you, but <laughs> second, <laughs> but, but, but we, we want them to call you first. So, uh, let's get them, uh, connected with you. How can folks connect with you? Well, I am on LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. If you Google Dawn Cook Causey, mm-hmm. you will find me. Awesome. My company is Daybreak Enterprises. Uh, my website is daybreakeq.com. In fact, I have a new website launching this week I'm very excited about. Awesome. So, yeah, connect with me. I would love to help you make better choices. And your have you named your ebook yet or is, that's coming out? Yes, it's called um, Every Day is an Interview. Okay. Making Better Choices to Take You to the Next Level. And you'll have that uh, – if- Folks, keep in touch that you'll see that on your website or what have you. How, how to How to get that book. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Don cook Causey, It's been awesome. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me, John. Yep. Let's don't make it so long next time. <laughs> Absolutely. I, trust me, we, we'll, we won't do that again. So uh, this has been great. We'll, we'll make it a lot quicker next time. So thank you for that. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. If you need some team building uh, work, uh, if you need something unique, and uh, you don't want to like tromp through the woods and get bitten by mosquitoes or whatever. I've got a a really great suggestion for you. A and S Culinary Concepts. Who knew that if you could stand you stand around a table and season meat and cut up vegetables with each other, you could build some camaraderie. Well, that's what they do at A and S Culinary Concepts. Oh, sure, they've got corporate catering and uh, they've got. Uh, a big green egg boot camp and uh, all sorts of fun stuff like that. And I've been to that, by the way, you need to check that out. But, um, they also, 
uh, do team building work. And they've been doing a lot of that lately here with the pandemic lightening up. So, uh, go to their website, ANS culinary, it's AS culinary concepts.com, uh, is the URL, uh, or give them a call. 678-336-9196. Ask for Andrew Traub, and uh, he'll walk you through it, and uh, I think you'll enjoy that experience. And, folks, just a quick reminder that uh, this show, North Fulton Business Radio, we're up to episode number 409 or something like that, but uh, we've been around a, a moment or two. But if you are not subscribe to the show we would love it if you would uh, go to your favorite podcast app check us out do a search north fulton business radio and you'll find us and subscribe to the show and you'll see uh, continue to see great business leaders like dawn who we feature regularly here on the show and if you'd like to be in touch with me directly feel free jray at businessradiox.com so for my guest Don Cook Causey. I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.